Hi, this is Michael Muth of Going Global International Interviews. Today we're speaking with Steve Miller, a principal at Origin Ventures in Chicago and previously an owner and manager of Quill Office Products. And we're talking today with Steve about distribution in Canada. If you're interested in an edited transcript of this interview, they're available at intlalliances.com or midwestbusiness.com. Rocking and rolling. I do. Can you tell us about distribution in Canada? Yeah, uh, the biggest challenge for distribution in Canada was the, the length of the country. Which, I mean, you know, thousands of miles, uh, you know, also to Vancouver and the Western provinces. Um, and the population, you know, was, was all kind of strung out there. You had, you know, just a few major population centers with a bunch of, you know, little towns that you needed to serve all along the you know, couple thousand mile corridor. Didn't have to go very far north yourself. Um, I don't remember the statistic about what percentage of the population lives in that hundred miles or two hundred miles on the US border. Yeah. Um, but all along that string there was huge and um presents the distribution problem for uh especially for coming one distribution center. Um, you know, if we had built up the volume to where a, a, West, a Western Canada distribution center would make sense uh, economically, then that certainly would have been a more efficient um, and, uh, just, uh, culture way of getting our objects to Western Canada. Well, now, did you have any kind of near distribution in the state that would help? Your distribution in Canada? Well, uh, uh, the way we chose to do business up there was that uh, uh, we stocked, we stocked our, our, our Canadian distribution from our U.S. distribution center, which is fine. Because that was the focus when we had in Toronto. Uh, then we thought, we pointed the idea of shipping to those Canadian customers from our California distribution center. Um, the product line was different in some, in some cases, the type of business. Um, uh, it, it wouldn't have been, we didn't have the, the system to really uh, um, uh, and so we, we did think about essentially using our U.S. distribution system to get the leverage that to ship to other parts of Canada, but we ended up not to. Okay. I mean, I guess another thing that kind of pertains to distribution, although it's more product-oriented, um, I assume you ship heat into Quebec? No, we didn't ship into Quebec. Because we would have had to... We would have had to turn our catalog in French. Well, that was my question. going to be my question. Yeah, and we did not. Okay. So any orders that came in that happened to come in from Quebec, we shipped to them, but we didn't market to them. We shipped to the Maritimes. Mm-hmm. I mean, interestingly, uh, New Brunswick 
worker and not my decision at all. And so um, uh, I found um, generally Canadian-born people to be less likely to want to work hard. We explored a lot of things in Canada. They wanted to work hard. They were very willing to work hard. Um, do you remember where these people immigrants came from? Yeah, um, there were a couple from Africa, a couple from South America. Uh, that's all I remember. And how big is the teaching concern management issue? Were you able to consider any incentives or things to get people to work as hard as you thought they should work? Well, we, um, we used our philosophy when it was successful here in the state. Uh, um, you know, really incorporating a, a team concept and, and uh, um, putting together goals with the help of the of folks themselves. Um, we would flag them into what you know what the reason for being there was if you wanted to service the hell out of the Canadian market and they were the way to do that and, and you know, just to just act like a team. It wasn't a question of well, we're management and you're workers and whatever the point shall be. Um, and I think that worked to a certain extent. Uh, yeah, um, uh, you know, we, um, you know, I think that we were special at, at doing that kind of, a, of an environment there. Um, you know, and it wasn't a heck of a lot of turnover. You know, in a warehouse kind of distribution, uh, uh, a job, um, sometimes you get a little more turnover. We, we had a, a nice stable group of folks. Um, and uh, loyal and, and wanted to, you know, wanted to do a good job. But I, I lived in Canada and, and you know, while my, my opinion on, on Canadian, on the Canadian work ethic was actually, it was, it, my opinion was, was elevated by the folks who worked at school in Canada. It was the other experience that I had at customer in Canada. When I went to Canadian Empire, or when I went to the Canada Post, or when I went somewhere else as a customer, that's where I found that people really weren't interested in it as much as they did a great job. You know, they weren't interested in it all, but, but they had no incentive to do better.
Are there other Americans with you at Will in Canada, or were you pretty much the only one managing other Canadians? I was the only one. Okay. And so, but you were able to find Canadian managers who embody the team building and those kinds of things that you were able to bring up and help motivate other teams. Well, I was the manager. We had a, we had a group of about 30 people up there that day. We had a very, very thin, uh, 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 we did not, uh, we didn't have 800 people there like we did in our Chicago institutions that I'm with. Small place. Uh, so we had well, I was a man without a dip. And then one supervisor in one California. Um uh, yeah. um and the first one that we had up there was very Canadian. Uh and he seen more or less the ways that I describe my experience than the customer of Canada. You know. Wasn't really interested in working very hard, uh um I didn't, I didn't hire him. I was the second manager. So that team was in place before I got there. And we eventually terminated him and then the same guy you brought in all the morning contests. Yeah. Cool. Anything else that you can characterize generally about being different in Canada compared to here? Depends on the stuff having fresh label in there. That's an issue, yeah. In, in terms of, for example, that we use. Whatever. Um, you know, seeing the tax force, um, selling differently, um, maintaining the book, you know, accounting. Although that wasn't my field. I mean, we hired, we hired Canadian professionals, Canadian accounting firms, Canadian payroll firms to do all that according to the book. Okay. No, because uh, we weren't experts at that, and we wanted to make sure that we were doing a fine work. Uh, so, um, all that stuff was done by Canadian firm. Um, and we had a Canadian firm that helped us. Um, uh, bring over the goods from the U.S. and document all of that appropriately. Um, uh, you know, clearinghouse, the customs clearinghouse, kind of thing. So all that stuff, you know, which we didn't have a lot of expertise that we wanted to make sure it was handled correctly. Mm -hmm. um, and then the sales side, did you have any different advertising media that you used? So, you know, we, we closed the marketing and mail company, and, and uh, we went to Canada to, you know, the additional market in the same business. Um, mm -hmm. There were certain things that, uh, uh, as I recall, again, this is, you know, 12 years ago. Mm -hmm. uh, as I recall, there were some issues with, um, with the way in, in, in catalogs when you have a many times in, in, in price size of houses, you look at a catalog in the United States, and we did it in for many years, that is the first of the price on it, and, and it was $9.99. Well, it was as little as $9.99. You only get the price of $9.99, you had to buy 10 units. If you bought one unit, it was $13.99. Well, I think, if I remember correctly, the Canadians had issues that as low as kind of cash flow free. And so I think that in order to um, 
accommodate that. We needed to modify, uh, you know, make sure that, that it was clear that the head pump, that big pump that was there, that it was clear how much what quantity you needed to buy in order to achieve that first. Um, I mentioned before the, uh, you know, the question of the French language kept us out of Quebec. We chose not to, not to publish our, our book in, in, uh, in French. Um, we did everything. Everything for the Canadian business was done from the U.S. except shipping the goods to the Even the customer service, the phone, when people called on the phone to place an order, they were speaking to the group in the state. Especially trained, hooked into the Canadian computer system, but they were in the shop. You still did call centers here in America. Right. They say it would have been in India, but different stuff. Okay. Um. It looks like you're involved with a company now called Home Director. Yeah. And I noticed that in Canada as well. Did your experience there have anything to do with it? No, the home director uh, is, is the most, I'm the um, most silent of investors in home directors. Um, that's a home director, um, again, just a part of my portfolio that uh, I have to put some money in and I can offer no, uh, no other kind of expertise. Right? I thought they were based in California. Uh, yeah, it was simply through an investment banking relationship that my partner had and we had the opportunity to invest in that company early on, and so we did. But uh, that's not necessarily so, uh, um, what we normally do is we you know get involved in local companies and, and help them grow. Um, it's, not, it's one of these things that's not like me. Okay, I saw on your website, I thought you were in Canada, so I thought you made Did you learn French? When you were up in Canada, I had taken I had taken four years of French in high school, uh, and so you know, though not fluent, um, you know, I it came back to me a little bit. Uh, but living in Toronto, which is a you know very speaking city, um, I really didn't have to use it very much, uh, and um, uh, certainly not at all forbidden. Did you ever take a year national business course at the University of Illinois? No. Why not? Did you interest you at all, or in the field of useful? That was even longer ago. Uh, I don't know. I think that. Um, 20 years ago, it was international business was less important than the internet. Yes, there was a global economy and all that, but it was a lot, I think, a lot less intertwined than we have today. Um, and my focus was on preparing to run my family's business, which was a U.S. mail order company, an office supply business, where all of the customers were in the U.S. The vast majority of suppliers were in the U.S. Uh, so, so being focused on my preparation to run that company, international business was not on the In hindsight, was that the recognition? No. It would have been a, a much more liberal business education 
occupy that person in a model study that it was not and was not so many differences in the way this is done, direct marketing and mail order and shipping, all those kinds of things. Canada, Canada was a close approximation for the U.S. You know, we, we could take our core competency for mailing on catalogs and shipping goods for yours. We had Canada, a couple of tweaks we had to do, but we knew how to do that. Mexico, we would have had to be a completely different time to sell off the supply in Mexico. So after studying that, we decided not to. Now, you mentioned a couple of tweaks for Canada. I mean, we talked about the distribution, um, that few phones you go into Quebec. Were there any other tweaks that we didn't mention? Um, sure. Uh, we, there, were, there were several product lines where we needed to have local suppliers. Uh, Canadian suppliers. Uh, that, I consider that a tweak because uh, instead of being able to leverage our buying power in the U.S., um, we had to buy some things uh, locally. Well, I paper glue. I, um, if, I, if I remember, and this, uh, this may not be remembered accurately, um, uh, but even with these, there were still certain um, trade restrictions on certain products, uh, products like such as paper goods, but because of the you know, were somewhat protectionist of their own paper on the manufacturing industry. Uh, and so I think that we, we had to buy uh, our paper goods locally and not bring those up. Yeah, you're not sure if you're aware, but there is a softwood lumber issue between Canada and the U.S. In other words, um, the United States government claims that Canada is destroying the price of softwood lumber, setting it too low, and U.S. lumber manufacturers can't compete with that artificially low price. And I haven't been that with your inspiration. The product is not Some of those issues you described in the form still exist today. Yes. Um, any other tweaks you We talked about uh, the catalog, uh, the advertising issue. Uh, 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 we I have a door. Proprietary mainframe based software to run the US business. And as I recall, they were the IT department looked at trying to modify that to account for the currency and account for the measure and things like that. Uh, and decided that it would be better to support the business on a, on a, on a free package that was a AS400, 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 AS400,
So have you considered any investment opportunity outside the U.S.? Why won't that? Exactly the reasons we just talked about? Is there anything else? Well, uh, you know, you add risk. You add currency risk. You add other kinds of risk. And as an investor in my business, there's enough risk in so many other areas, enough other kinds of risk that you try and minimize that. Um, and um, uh, I have I have exposure to foreign equity in other parts of my asset allocation. The personal asset allocation. I've got exposure to international. But that's enough for me. I don't need to put more um, more of my asset allocation at risk in, in terms of equity investment in So, in other words, you can diversify internationally through mutual funds, you know, other instruments, and so on. And that's the way you look at international. Yes. Those guys are smarter at it than I would be. I'm just saying with the money managers I use for large cap growth stocks. They know a lot more about that than I do. But I know I would like to think I know more about early stage e commerce companies in the area than they do. So I focus on that. Okay. Um, I know you're organized for involved with Curry Angels as well. Has Curry Angels looked at any deals outside of the United States? I think it's been one or two. Um, I don't think it really has made it to the, to the stage where they presented to the group, but I think that one or two may have submitted to us from Canada. Any idea why they weren't given a presentation opportunity? Uh, it's for, for many of the same reasons about personally uh, with origin. Um, angel investors, by and large, own that close to home. Um, and you add other risks when you invest outside of the country. Uh, so those are those are okay. Do you know of any other angel groups? which have invested outside the United States? Uh, no, I don't, but uh, that doesn't mean that they haven't. You know, there are larger, older, more active, more established major groups than ours in this country. And I find it hard to believe that some of them haven't invested in Canada or other countries.
that's the best part of the job. Again, it's a geographic job, but um, for actually that group, there is some, uh, there is some uh, activity. Uh, so I have to imagine that this company exists as uh, a group in the States of Order Canada, but it's close to the major Canadian centers of population and commerce. Um, I'd have to imagine some of them, but these teams, Canadian teams, is not actually best for them. Sure. Well, I mean, you know, places like Seattle, Vancouver, mm -hmm. I believe there's some of that going on. You know, Boston is, is kind of tight with Montreal. Mm -hmm. Toronto likes to go to New York. So, yeah. You know, I got to believe that there's a lot more there. That's not good. Okay. Um, and I guess just to play devil's advocate here, one last time. You actually see that the difference in risk between an Ohio company and a Toronto company beyond currency risk is all that great? No. But I haven't invested in any Ohio companies either. Michigan companies. Okay. You know, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll add to that answer and I'll say that uh, it is possible that, that there is a greater risk other than currency risk because I don't know much about the M&A market for Canadian companies. So, you know, what it's all about for somebody can is the exit. I don't know if, an ex, if, if a Canadian company poses a, a greater, greater risk of fewer exit opportunities because it's due to merely being a Canadian company. Is a potential acquirer going to have problems um, you know, with, a, with a Canadian company? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, there is. NASDAQ equivalent in Canada, but it's smaller, um, you know, it's, it's probably not as active and so on, so it is different. Yeah. And there's some risk attention. Yeah. Uh, uh, and, and there's, there's the whole issue of taxation and how the government treats them and everything like that. What your incentive is to do a company and all that. I guess then from a company perspective, at some point, financiers such as yourself and venture capital sellers do start going cross border. So, I mean, at what level do you think companies have to be to start looking at larger VCs or VCs start looking at international deals and sellers? I don't have a definition for you. I don't have a number that I can quote you. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? That's the right number. You know, I think people would know when they talk. You know, I think I can't speak for venture capitalists. I can't speak for VC firms. I can't do yeah, because it's just, you know, from a Canadian perspective, 
it would be helpful for them to know, you know, how they achieve the tax level revenues. It may be as simple as following your customers or working through suppliers and so on. You know, they help you have some connections and then get a certain level of control. And maybe you can say, I'm here, and I've proven myself across the border. It's kind of hard to get um, and if you know of any examples of companies that come across border, or if you know of any local groups investing in a foreign country that have been uh, uh, no, I don't know. It's sort of another thing that they're on there. And for example, I spoke with Dave Bacon, who is a private equity company, managed Golden Blair's Japan Tokyo office for eight years. And he's doing transport investments in Japan, some in China, and so on. So, he's one who I think is familiar enough with the market and he's comfortable enough to invest in it. And so I think he's kind of a special case. But I'm wondering if there may be other things out there like that you may be aware of. I'm sure there are other like that, but I'm not aware. Yeah. Yeah, I've, also, I've also spoken with a couple of firms who surprisingly have gotten investment at least from the interview or their aid of bringing other folks in from foreign countries as well. So, yeah, can be other good alternative financial sources. I do think it's a result of either going up the supply chain or some customers, but we're not familiar with any of those things. No. Um, I saw that you're also on the board of boyshopegirlhost.org, and that they have operations in Brazil, Guatemala, and Ireland. Any idea how that came about? It seems like an odd mix of countries. Um, it happened before I got involved, but as I understand it, uh, uh, there were organizations that did similar work in the country, and they heard about each other in some way and decided to affiliate. So these were not, as I understand it, these were not expansion, international expansion, international forays by Boys Help No Help. But in short, they were uh, uh, they were, they were, as I say, a, uh, just a gathering together of, of common interests uh, that had already been established to do similar work. And I also saw that they're based in St. Louis. Right. How did you get involved with them? The CEO of the organization is somebody else in high school. Um, he had uh, been a volunteer for the organization at their Evanston houses while he was in college at Northwestern. He went on to a career in Washington, D.C. And the founder of the organization in St. Louis, say Jason Freed, the Paul Sheridan, called my friend Lumberman Paul in Washington and asked him if he was there committing a practice of law and coming to St. Louis, St. Louis for money. 
this organization. It's very different. And, um, the organization is a major, it's a major uh, charity organization. It's, um, uh, active members of the board, CEO, and has a voice. Um, it's a great organization. Another board member is uh, one of the mayor from the New York Giants football team. Um, we have a major endowment that's been around for 20, over 25 years. Um, and um, all my friend calls the mission, I guess it's called, is to kind of, you know, people have been a extremely successful company and take it from here into the next stage of its development. And part of doing that is bringing in the new, the new board on the board, the new management uh, techniques, new measurement techniques about how we do what we do and how we can do it better. Uh, and uh, so the idea of um, and as you might know, East Prairie covers St. Louis, Missouri, so on and so on. And at some point, would it be possible for me to talk to Paul, interview him, and possibly do a call on him? Because part of what I'm thinking is, I spoke to Bruce Blackwell, an advisor international. He's involved in an organization based out of Oprah called Opportunity International. I don't know if you're familiar with them, but they do microfunding. So in other words, they go to the Philippines, loan women's basket weavers a hundred bucks, they build a business out of it, and start doing these whole communities around it. Good thing. And a cocktail on the board there. Part of my thought is maybe around the holiday season, it would be nice to have those kinds of interviews and make people aware of those kinds of opportunities for people to donate to around the holidays. Yeah. Sure. Uh, and in touch with them Of course. Anything else international that you've been involved with, seen, have any thoughts on that you think would be interesting for these current readers? Background, travel of any place interesting. Hi. The New Australia, New Zealand. Uh, Are you a customer in those places, it sounds like? I have no business elsewhere in the world. But you, you know, I have travel. Well, I know. It's just, I haven't been to Australia New Zealand. What kind of year do you got? Um, but, uh, yeah, but, uh, uh, 
coming up in the city for a